Okay, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview Kingston Town Classic Day. We are recording the 1-1, your West Australian Racing podcast at quarter past 11 on Thursday, the 3rd of December. We're racing at Northam today and we're about to dive into nine races on day three of the Master Series at Ascot on Saturday. Esperance. Esperance is in action this Saturday as well, while the weekend finishes up with the Grandstand Cup meeting at Pinjarra on Sunday. First Pinjarra meeting since August. Is that right, Pete? I believe so. I think it was the 20th of August from the top of my head. Okay. So, yeah, racing is back in the Peel region at Pinjarra this Sunday. And make sure you stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the Mundaring Hotels WA Racing Mastermind and the Market City Meets Get Out Stakes competition. Um, and what about the uh, the Betfair promotion, the Get Summer Ready? How did that go last week, Beach? Yes, well, we had another winner of our Get Summer Ready with Betfair promotion. The uh, the winner was a gentleman by the name of Campbell Matthews. His Elite Street 17.50 BSP prediction was closest to the official $32.70 BSP. Not a bad price for mm. Elite Street for Betfair punters now if you we've got another betfair summer merch pack up for grabs so if you want to enter again this week the get summer ready with betfair promotion our third and final promotion for the masters series tweet at the one one pod who you think will win saturday's kingston town classic and a betfair starting price bsp and you can be in contention contention to win that much sought after betfair summer merch pack uh, now if you'd like to read my pre-markets preview the leg up back this week after a week off jump on to bestbets.com.au and or the Oz Race website the leg up's been out since 7am this morning while once we finish recording the 1-1 two of the very best Terry Layton and Daniel Cripps they combine forces for the Wild West video preview which available on the Betfair hub that's betfair.com.au also, the 1-1 is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all other major podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Pete, Terry, let's get cracking on Kingston Town Classic Day. Okay, the rail is back in the true position on Saturday. We've got the weather, a maximum of 24 degrees, clouds clearing, light winds. Looks like it's going to be another lovely day out at WA Racing headquarters. Good for predicted. Rail true is interesting, always an interesting, dicey proposition. Um, but, um, yeah, obviously a complete faith in the team out at uh, Chris Nation and his mob out at Perth Racing to get the fairest possible service surface. Pete? Yeah, the only thing I'd point out is last time we raced in Rail True, the track had been verti drained just prior to that. So it may not necessarily be the most reliable guide of all time, but it did play quite even on that occasion. Maybe Rails was a slight disadvantage as yeah. the day went on, it started yeah. to chop out. I wouldn't necessarily go with that game plan in mind. I think it will probably play a bit more on speed early and then possibly even out as the southwesterly comes in. I don't know if you guys had anything more than that, but that's probably about what I'd be expecting. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to allow for, so very good. Okay, so race one is the Tourism WA Trophy for two-year-olds over 1,000 metres. And now Neville Parnham holds uh, the aces with this particular race with three of the four or five main winning chances. So just touching on the Parnham Racing Stables, we will be joined by Stephen Parnham, Mr. Kingston Town Classic himself, a four-time winning rider. He uh, he will be uh, jumping onto the the show for a quick chat 
on um, all things Kingston Town, KC, Parnham Racing, and um, just how he's going in his recovery from that uh, that disappointing injury on the eve of the Masters. So stay tuned for later in the show when we have a quick chat to to Stevie. He's a good man, so it'll be interesting to see what he has to say. But um, leading into this two-year-old event, as I said, we've got uh, three Neville Parnham trained horses who all have varying level of support, as well as the Dan Morton trained Estrape, who uh, I think Pete and Terry were both keen on on debut. He has the services of the one and only Sir William Pike on Saturday. Yeah, we got the price on that occasion and get the result. The yeah. horse is still very, very green, did a lot wrong and just took forever in the straight to get going. And I'm not exactly sure it's going to be suited here at the short quote, given that it hasn't shown that much gate speed mm. in either its trials or in its racing. So I've actually got it settling midfield or so. I think Neville's clearly got the the aces here because he's got flying missile destructive show and speed in its trials as has ultimate command and that horse ran a pretty decent time in its most recent trial it was just strong going through the line and for me uh brad parnham opting to ride that runner over a few of the others i think it's the one to be factoring in primarily here uh, i wouldn't necessarily be launching at the current quote but i'm happy to have something on expecting it'll probably shorten and that'll about do me for a two-year-old race I thought Flying Missile was the horse to be on in the 1100-meter race two weeks ago. Found the front with Raul's Romoli on top, got pressured by the winner, but it didn't necessarily give up the ghost, did he? Sort of just boxed on it, just got a bit tired late, which was understandable because it was 400-meter trial into an 1100-meter race. Back to a thousand, nice draw. Finds the rail in front with Chris Parnham going on. Um, that's got that run, got that grounding run. Now I think she's, uh, I think this horse is going to be pretty hard to catch. And but for me, it's a, it's it really came down to a flip of the coin between the Parnham stablemates, Flying Missile, and Ultimate Command. Ultimate Command, as Pete said, was that was a good trial win, wasn't it? Mm. The time was there. Brad's obviously opted to ride, which is which is always a good sign. But it's going to probably have to sit outside the stable mate flying missile. So for me, uh, I was I was keen to take on Estrape. Uh, uh, has been slow away. I think it I think the it box seated the other day, but that was only because it was able to muster from two and it didn't get crossed. But if it's a little bit slow away from six, it might end up a pair or two further back than most people might anticipate, which could then allow the Parnham pair to pinch a race-winning lead. So for me, it's a flip of the coin, ultimate command and flying missile, but I'm going to go with the horse who's going to land in front, rouse in run, and that's flying missile on top. Terry? I've got nothing to add. I'll just nothing to add. I'll just throw out a couple that I think are worth following, or at least having a look at how they run here. Pixie Chicks has trialed pretty well, but no blinkers on, which it had in its most recent trial. Uh, mm. So looking for Harrow to stick the blinkers on in a subsequent start. Would you think that was just an educational thing from Harrison to see how he goes with the blinkers on? They thought he, uh, she, sorry, fired up too much. Why would they have them on in the trial and take him off for the race, do you think? Uh, potentially they might be looking for a little bit further. Not okay. too sure. Yep. Um, but, yeah, that, that was I thought that was a nice little point of interest for the race. And the horse for the Pierce team, Polissieri. How do you pronounce that? Yeah. Polissieri. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Polissieri. Yeah. Yeah, French. <laughs> a bit of a sure. French morning for us. Yeah, oh, French history this morning, and uh, anyway, sorry, kept going. No macaroons this morning. Does it? No, no yeah. macaroons. No, no, no. Anyway, that it trialed well. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah. I really liked its trial too. Yeah. I just can't can't map it from yeah, the exactly. gate. But um, I definitely, of course, I'll be keeping an eye on. If it gets out to a silly Betfair price, I might have a little nibble. Um, just something Pete mentioned before, and something I saw on Twitter. I can't remember who said it during the week. One of the one of the Twitter lads, one of the many WA racing fans out there, said, "When will I learn?" Um, 
uh, to back horses on speed earlier the day, especially when it's sort of back to it. And it was just so bang on. It does play more, always does play more on pace, and it's harder to make ground um, earlier in the day at Ascot, Adam Belmont, especially when it's back to a, uh, I mean, an inside pad, which it hasn't been for a while. So, um, yeah, I'd say your two will be, will be hard to beat. But um, it's always very interesting to note um, how difficult it is to make ground early in the day. Okay. Race two is the Crown Perth Handicap graduation, 1,600 metres. Uh, we have had one scratching since I did the form anyway. Number mm. two, Son of Bacchus, is out. So it, um, it does look a really nice race for a three-year-old coming back from feature racing into graduation company, well-weighted. The horse that I'm referring to, of course, is Bragwell. Good draw. Sean McGrady goes back on uh, 54 kgs. I can understand why he's come up favourite, but he's still got to got to do it. Um, he's only won the the one race, and he has run a couple of second placings um, on in Saturday races. But coming out of a Faritha Stakes and a WA Guineas performance, it's it's obvious why he's uh, most people's on topper. But I've, I, I, would I be sus- right in suspecting Terry that you're happy to operate around? No, you'd, you'd be very incorrect, actually. Really? I'm pretty happy to operate with Bragwell, yeah. yeah. I, I think Bragwell will be the most tipped horse this week. Yeah. I just think, yeah, I think Blind Freddy will be will be finding him this week. I mean, he, his numbers are good. He's, he was stiff in the uh, – not stiff, 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 but it, the things didn't go exactly to plan in either Theretha or the guineas. Um, he drops weight on a guineas to come against a, just a moderate bunch in a 60-plus. In a like, my worry was that he's not jumping all that well, but barriers one and two aren't going to be super quick out the gate. So Sean McGrady, and as you mentioned last week or the week before, sometime recently, all the weeks are merging into one to some degree, uh, Sean gets him out of the gates better than most um and he's riding these horses just he's riding horses from good draws good horses from good gates he's just riding them exceedingly well even when they're not winning he's riding them exceedingly what about moses was another one we saw the other week so um look if he can muster up and get uh back at the speed or even just one pair further back he'll uh it'll be super 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 hard to uh to hold out. Um, I'm going to make this a double play race. This will probably be my biggest investment race for the day. Very keen that the winner comes from either Bragwell or Mr. Delegator. Um, Mr. Delegator's got a funny little career to date. So obviously much spru- – there was a lot of sort of spruiking going around. Started being a beaten favourite several times um, in his short career. But on debut was knocked off by Cliffs of Comfort. Uh, I think Giant Leap and – Caradini Aurora with third and fourth. Came out cold rail Belmont um, when all horses were forgiven. I think only one horse that settled on the fence ran a place that day. Came out again cold rail, grab rail, Western Rhythm. Um, had to do a little bit of work early to get to the top. We'll forgive that run. Smashed him in a Northern Maiden. Um, then stepped up to a staying trip, sat outside the leader and won. I think that win, you don't, it doesn't get the credit it deserves because it was midweek. It's really hard. Your first go at 2100, start number five. Um, not even to find the rail, but to breeze and to win like that. I thought that was super. Especially um, like he got the better of Uncle Lino yeah, tough, or Lino, who's yeah, a tough yeah, sort of tough competitor. Yeah, past. exactly right. So I thought the first start run was really nice at Northern, just battled away and kept coming to the line. The big thing for me here is like Mitchie Pateman um, is super on horses like this. So you can sit outside of speed and um, he gets those big chicken wing arms rolling. I, the 56 and a half is a really nice weight for a horse I expect to go through the grades. Uh, I've marked. Bragwell 260, Mr. Delegator 480. Um, it's currently about, uh, I think we've, we, some people have snapped up some early numbers. So I think it's about 330 and seven bucks for the pair. And I'm going to back them to win the same amount. And that is, uh, yeah, one of my more confident races for the day. I'd be surprised if they don't run the Quinella. Guys. Hey, I don't really have 
too much to add here. I'm, I don't really think this is a, a betting race for myself. Uh, I've obviously haven't taken any of the prices early. So Bragwell's now under 320, which is, look for me, that's uh, getting towards the skinny side of things. Um, I was really keen to follow phone me wherever it went next mm. start, but mm. I just don't think the track's going to be suitable for it this weekend. So as a result, I'm pretty happy to just uh, leave the queue on the rack for race two. Yeah, you're right with phone me. It was a it was a target horse, wasn't it? You're like, geez, that was a good run the other yeah. day. But it's it goes up in weight and it maps similarly. So how's it going to spot some of these Mr. Delegators and your Bragwells on top of the speed? Even Tiff has spoken probably can roll forward and from its high draw and um, have a bit of a too much of a head start, especially on a horse rising to 60 kilos. So looks like there's a bit too much against Phone Me, who I do reckon's going to be develop into quite a handy acquisition from the East Coast. I, lo I like him mm -hmm. as a horse. But okay. I think um, I think this is a perfect race for Bragwell. And I'm, I'm with Terry, I think Mr. Delegator's got to be a winning chance as well. But if if Bragwell, be, the, the key is the start. If uh, Sean McGrady can get him to begin and take up a running position somewhere in the first four or five, with galloping room late, I think he's going to be really hard to beat down on the minimum, and um, he's a three-year-old with a bit of quality. And um, this this looks the this looks his race to lose, Mister Delegator, hard to beat. And I do have a bit of a soft spot for Tiff of Spoken as well, but the draw is a bit sticky. But Bragwell looks his race, certainly does. Race number three, moving through the program, it is the Tab Touch Better Your Bet handicap, seventy-two plus eleven hundred meters. Terry, would you like to kick us off? I'd, I'd love to, BJ. Thanks you for that honour. Um, I think... Uh, <laughs> do, you really, all... do you really want to? Or... <laughs> no, I do actually. I, I quite like this race. Okay. Um, are, we, uh, are, you, are we all going to be looking to take on Long Beach? I, I feel like you have to at this stage of this yeah. prep, don't you? 270 yeah, as well. Pete doesn't look as convinced with um, the take on. I basically have this race as being very fluid in terms of there's a whole heap of horses outside of the the front two and run they could almost shuffle their position and mm -hmm. um, long beach obviously got too far back there last start and wouldn't surprise me if pike uses a little bit more intent early and tries to get a bit more forward i think this is a pretty wide open race mm -hmm. and so i think i'm leaning to to the same opinion you have to try and take on long beach at that price because you'd almost make a case for any of these horses given the right run at their best form um, I know there's a few horses here resuming that aren't necessarily 1,100 metre horses. I mean, Gates of Babylon is going to be a little bit more effective over further, but has had the three trials and has been improving in each of those. So it does look like it's entering this with a fair bit of fitness. Jeez, I mean, Plutocracy's trial was pretty excellent given that it almost fell at the start <laughs> and uh, hunted up and came up towards the inside. It ran really well first up last prep, didn't necessarily win. Held up the entirety. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's a horse that I thought that was probably the angle I was leaning to most in this race. But I mean, look, state attorney was huge last start. If it managed to get itself into a spot early, it could shock at uh, another price. It's a really tricky race, but I, I think at this stage, I'm going to be looking at plutocracy. Yeah, I, I look sort of narrowed it down to two plutocracy and uh, and Shin Ju, who I wanted to try and get uh, Long Beach beaten with. In saying that, I, I find it odd that Long Beach is still going around. I, I would have thought at this stage of a prep after a, a somewhat disappointing last start effort. It was early in the day, came down probably the wrong part of the track at that stage, so we can forgive. But um, it's odd that they, they keep him going sort of um, for that one extra. So the fact that he's still up, I dare say he's still a pretty happy horse and um, we don't want to be going too hard against uh, a pretty quality galloper. But um, I've ended up landing on plutocracy. I think it's just 
disappointed us so many times. He's only won three of 24. Yeah. That's a that's a concerning number. And the way I price the race and the, the current markets mean that Shinju is clearly my bet um, with a save plutocracy. Um, but if you go back, Shinju, I, I think, might be a little bit of an underrated galloper for Team Jan Jimmy. Um, if you go back to his first up run last campaign, where he was a little bit stiff against Long Beach, um, he was beaten 1.9. Long Beach had a more fluid, uh, fluent and fluid run in uh, in transit. He actually meets Long Beach because of how their careers have gone since then. He actually meets him four and a half kilos um, better for that outing. Speed map wise, I think Shinju gets a head start on Long Beach. Shinju is coming into a preparation fresh. Shinju didn't have the. I don't need to keep saying the word, do I? He didn't. Uh, he Shinju. didn't have the uh, the blinkers on in a recent trial, and I thought the recent trial was really good. So from uh, look. From a market point of view, speed map point of view, nice weight swing on a favourite who's really deep, probably last run before. He gets tipped out. Uh, I think nine bucks is around Shinju, so I'm really happy having a, a reasonable little whack Shinju and I'll get my money back, six bucks plutocracy. Yeah, um, I'm sort of aligning with both of you guys. I think that I had ended up with plutocracy on top. Originally, I wanted to find Gates of Babylon, but I just couldn't find it with Zebul in the race, 1100 coming off a virus. If that, Zebul that, cross, you think? I think so, yep. yeah. Yeah, I I'll, I had to double check the stewards report. I wasn't aware that that was the reason for the scratching. So, like, yeah, I mean, it's a setback. So you got to factor. It's yeah. got to come back a peg at least. Eleven hundred too sharp for him as uh, well, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. and just because he wouldn't get the the front. he wouldn't get the front. Yeah. It was um it was just another bit of a double negative there. I re- um so I ended up landing on plutocracy. He uh he raced really well last prep. He was eight starts, seven times in the top three. He only won once. And he did sort of um, – he did have excuses on quite a lot of occasions. Who's Terry. stiffer, him or stage man? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a touch-and-go well, battle, it's, isn't it? It, yeah. it is. You're yeah. right. He, you could make a case that he probably could have won three, three or four races last prep. Yep. The Mervyn form looks good. Even the gun, Guns of Navarone form looks good. Um, and, of course, the Red Camp Man. I think did Lever Rod run second in that race yep. uh, as well? So all the form – They cleared out from fourth as well. All the form was strong. Uh, Pete's right. He trolled up really nicely at Larkill on the 16th of November behind Gates of Babylon. Um, his best is funny horse. His best racing has almost been when he's had galloping room in like three wide lines, sort of moving into the race with with momentum. So interesting to see how Gate One factors into that. But the speed should be faster than average with Zebul and um, Gates of Babylon. Hopefully that busts open the field a touch, creates some space for plutocracy, some galloping room for plutocracy to to work into underneath Chrissy Parnham. I think he's going to go close. And I'm with Terry. I'm going to be having something on plutocracy and Shinju as well. Going to be punting around Long Beach. I think the map works out quite well for plutocracy purely because Maddie Derrick's jumping back on Flower of War and every time she's ridden that horse, she's tried to get it off the fence immediately. Yeah. So I don't think she's going to be crossing Flower of yep. War in front of plutocracy, which basically means he can just sit in the box seat. He'll be hoping that uh, Gates of Babylon pops out to the breeze because yep. Zebul will cross. And I told Luke I'd have a little um, dip at him because he's done one of my uh, most hated things in racing when you got a horse up and about uh, uh, ripping the shades off. So I actually told Luke I'd have a little dig at him here, but uh, Zebul's fine. Did he, did he actually – was there any insight into why? Uh, I'm interested to know. What's so the- Luke thinks uh, Zebul goes just as well or better. It's probably better. I'll let Luke explain, I guess. But it uh, goes just as well or better without the shades off, and he only put them on initially to sharpen him up when he was out of form he thinks he's got Zebul back to his best uh or very close to back to his best so um he doesn't think the shades need to go on settles a bit better over the 1100 so um look with that inside pad likely to play pretty nicely early there's no reason Zebul can't nick this just about i think gates of babylon will probably run off his legs a little bit
hit by, by a horse like Zeebel. He'll have to sprint alongside Plutocracy, Shinju, or Plutocracy will probably have Gates of Avalon's back. Uh, I don't know if he out sprints those horses. I think when he beats horses, he out grinds those horses. So, um, yeah, look, pretty, pretty keen that the winner will come from uh, Shinju, Plutocracy, or Long Beach. Um, but Long Beach is way under my price. So I'll be playing the other two with a main play Shinju at the moment. Okay, race four. This is a doozy. The, <laughs> Amelia Park Handicap, 2,200 metres. We've got 16 plus four emergencies. People are climbing out of trees to start their horses in this particular race. And it has thrown us some curveballs, Pistol and Guru. We've got Midnight Blue, who could be a Perth Cup smoky, all of a sudden lands in a race with 60 kgs, barrier 15, Carlene Heffel claiming three. Where's the wizard? Well, you ask, and the wizard is, of course, riding Adornment. Um, the same colours, of course, Cerise and White, but in a different stable. She is trained by Adam Durant these days. It is, um, it is a lot of the major players have, have high draws to overcome. It's a fascinating affair. And uh, I'll throw to my more astute <laughs> partners here. Spotty? <laughs> Spotty. I think this is Spotty. We need your help here, buddy. Where are you? No, you stopped humping Pete now. Yeah. No, he doesn't like anything here, apparently. I'll, 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 I'll hand over to the professionals among us. Pete, what have you got? <laughs> I have found a couple at a longer price, okay. as you might expect in this sort of race uh, with Got Midnight Blue it, looking it? very short with uh, Carlene, Carlene. <laughs> um, I, was, I was watching a bit of Dolly Parton last night, actually. Mm, yeah, entertaining. Yeah, I thought you would have, been. Um, Is that a standard Wednesday night for you? Yeah, indeed. Yep. Usually a Saturday. Oh, look, I, I leave uh, Saturday night karaoke to, to those with a little bit more vocal range. I've mm. lost a bit over the years. Um, too many old fashions. Too much whiskey and cigars. Uh, <laughs> British Bessie maps really well. It's got big figures over this sort of distance range. Clearly wasn't suited last start. It's a bet at the current price, as is Bella's Idol, who ran some really fat splits there last start. PH? Fat? Yeah, PH. F fat. F fat, really? Yeah. PH? No. Okay. They're not as good, are they? I, I indulge in rotund figures okay. that I think transcend <laughs> race course to race course. I mean, completely destroyed that field field at Bunbury and I'm just not necessarily mm. saying very much, but I think it maps okay here because there's not a whole heap of speed in terms of horses that are dead set going to be taking up the running. I think Summer Sky probably will from gate two. Aragain will be thereabouts of Maserati, but I think come right back, they haven't been trying to lead with it. I think it will go forward. Bella's idle, Mitchie, can just start just cruising along on the outside and mm. work his way forward from gate 20 which I think is just giving us a little bit of a better price because the last start figures on my stuff were particularly impressive. Just keen to have something on both of those runners in a wide open race. Yeah, it's that type of race. You could, uh, for those doing the early quadrellas, you can uh, go a little bit wider here. Um, you got to got to take on Midnight Blue with Carlene. I'm not going to try and sing it. I don't have your vocal range pete you're underselling yourself um we've got to take on midnight blue i don't think adornment stays but man they're both winnable come right back from the sticky gate slightly disappointing mm. last start i thought slightly got got rolling at the right time yeah, the, the horse i'm gate. surprised that adornment got past him that was yeah. a bit damning for me yeah. well bj mentioned that midnight blue is a perth cup smoky and he's in the market and um for me it's Strange race. Yeah, well, it's funny if, if you've got a Perth Cup smoke, you can carry 60 and win in this. Yeah, so put, Pikey, put should be, uh, Pikey should be on. Maybe there's a reasoning we don't know. Pikey should be riding. Um, but no, a couple that have come up over my price are uh, Ukba. Ukba, 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 Ted. 
Uh, Bartet, uh he uh, he was super at his first go at a staying journey last time around. If Lactar was on, no offense to Troy, but we get the the claim with Lactar and he's riding super. I'd be really keen. But um, sat deep at his first go over a journey. If you go to his previous start, he actually faced Midnight Blue that day. Christy Bennett had to take rails runs. I don't think there was much between the two runs between Uk, Uk Barted and um, Uk. and Midnight Blue. So we're getting thirty one dollars Uk Barted, who I've priced fifteen. So we can we can be on there and uh, Aragain. I've actually marked Aragain just shy of favoritism at around that six seven dollar mark. Um, I got about a six seven in the field. In all fairness, um, Aragain rolls forward. They, they keep saying how they're going to spell him. How many runs for Aragain? Well, they keep saying they're going to spell him. But if you look at his staying career to date, he's only I think there's been four times he has gone over the two thousand plus. Yeah, the First one? She's, it's a mare, yeah? Uh, she, that's, she. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Um, the 900 times I said he. Uh, she was deep the trip at her first go over staying journey and was something beaten. Uh, they rode her cold once. She went forward last start outside of bow count in a race, dominated by those off speed. Um, and the other occasion, she was probably a good thing beaten when she got a few back to fence. Yep. They now know she needs to be ridden aggressively. She needs to be ridden on speed. Um, she'll be up there alongside Pete's tip, Bella's idol. And um, I don't, 12 bucks currently, I think we'll probably see better even on Betfair. It's not one I don't think we need to rush into and, and grab. Um, but, yeah, she's above my price. So, look, this is a race I don't expect to win in, but I'm going to back Bookbart's head at 30 to 1 and uh, Aaron gain at 12s and just win only the pair i feel like you have to bet yeah you have to yeah yeah i have to bet him it'd be time. un-australian not yeah. to it would be very un-australian not to bet in the amelia park handicap over 2200 meters <laughs> yep. before i give my my uh, analysis one thing i noticed is how's this midnight blue goes uh it trotted in really the other day beat patty shadow who'd come out and then ran second in the tats cup last week it won with a leg in the air rated through the roof does it rate through the roof so 10, 10 out of 10 but yeah, but it, it was a fast race, wasn't it? It was yeah. a fast, it was a good win. So it's gone from a 74 to a 78 rating, handicappers rating, right? Four-point penalty for winning a full Metro State, won comfortably, beat a good horse. Bella's Idol ran in a wonky zero Metro win last year race at Bunbury, and it's won by a margin, right? But beat, come on, and it's gone from a 72 to a 77 for winning like a third of the Stake money. I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't. Come on. Come on. I love when he gets fired up. This is my favorite. It's, I don't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't read well for me. How 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 is that justifiable? I mean, Bella's Idol beat up on some you know juicy like juicing carrots and a couple of other tired horses or whatever. But it was a it was a Bunbury special conditions on a Sunday. It just it just doesn't seem right. And then. I- Carried on about this probably in episode twenty. I, it's all margins. It's, it's purely margins. People that are the people that are the handicappers probably need to have the access to it. I don't know that they do have the access to the data and the figures and how good was that race? How many points do we give them? But it's purely on um, length of victory. And it's sometimes me. I think jockeys now have to think, geez, I need to probably pull this up a little bit because I'm going <laughs> to yeah. get more points. And one of the spectacles of horse racing is seeing okay because it doesn't happen very often is seeing a horse win by four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 9.7 lengths if you want to go to Geraldton. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think it takes away from the spectacle to some degree to penalise horses winning by a margin. And that isn't a horrible form. Juicing Carrot's form isn't too bad. Anyway, I know, so. but it's, it's – it's, it's, but I'll take the Paddy Shadow sort of um, form ahead of the, the Bunbury. Yeah. And it just it doesn't – it just doesn't feel right. And I'll say I think sometimes these horses of um, – this recent white horses, they get placed so well through the grades, but because they're back markers in a way, they don't, they don't necessarily win by yeah, big margins, but panels. their wins are far more meritorious than 
then they look to the eye. Like the figures are just like sub- substantial. So they pick their way through the grades when really Midnight Blue probably should have got five points for winning his last two races. Yep. So, you know, he's got 10 points. So anyway, that's – it just – it was something that stood out for me when I was – when I, and if I was – a you know, connected to Bella's Idol, I would be a little bit aggrieved. Do you know what I mean? So. I gave up on handicapping a long time ago. I thought, you know, my, my point of view is as long as horses go up in grade, as long as they drop points just as just as fluidly, so to speak, uh, I think there shouldn't be too much issue. But we're never going to get a consensus in this state about how handicapping policy should work. So I gave up. Very good. We'll put a full stop on that. Might I'm with Pete. I like British Bessie in this race. I think that she was she did a lot of work uh, to work around on a pretty fast tempo. To she ended up sitting outside leader, which is not her go. Last start in the race won by Midnight Blue, which I reckon is the stronger form reference than the the midweeker that some of these horses are coming via. She's still boxed on really really bravely. I thought her two performances prior to that were good. The second behind truly great. Obviously the standout performance of her preparation thus far. From seven, with a lot of the other chances drawn a bit awkwardly, a bit high, they're either going to get too, they're either going to overexert early potentially or get too far back. I think British Bessie's just going to sort of be nice and snug somewhere midfield, just maybe a pair uh, forward of midfield with Alan Kennedy back from suspension. Is that right? Alan Kennedy? Yeah, he's back. Yeah, he's back. Mm, From out of Um, space. um, I think think she's going to get a really good run. Rock hard fit. Sharon Miller stable, doing good things. I reckon this is the race for... British Bessie, and um, yeah, and I think she's uh, at a reasonable quote. Probably might even get a little bit better on the day as well. So British Bessie on top for me. I think the other horses in the market are all uh, genuine winning chances, of course. And outside of of the market, um, I don't know. I just think that Maserati probably was a bit stiff the other day, but he just doesn't win. So um, British Bessie on top. Good luck. Yeah. That's what you need is a bit of luck here, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, a lot of luck, mm. yeah. Look for, look for improvement from a horse called Celtic Diva as well, stepping up. Always a different horse over a journey. Went around that heavy nine last time out, probably actually um, fitness-wise, probably forward. So, yeah, just keep an eye out at any old price late in the exchange. Probably gets to 80 to 1 or so. Okay. Oh, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, it's time for it's, – it's one line. Like, how do I not remember this every single week? I was really proud of myself before, and I saw how proud you were when I remembered to do the thing straight away. <laughs> just um, proud. <laughs> just oozing with – Okay. <laughs> Uh, BJ, Peter, it's uh, time for our Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind competition. That's right, Guru. The Mundaring has been heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. If you get a chance, please drop in and see the publican Ian Butchie O'Connor. Say good day and let him know you are a 1-1 listener. He'll look after you. Feed Flutter Froffies up there at the Mundaring. Congratulations to last week's Mastermind winner, winner Mitch Brennan. He's all the way from Kalgoorlie. Congrats, Mitch. A $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring is in the mail. Okay, Terry, Pete, to be crowned this week's Mastermind, you'll need to answer the following four questions correctly. A couple of tricky ones here for Terry. Last week was a bit easy for him. It was. So a few half volleys there. Question number one, name the jockey. Riding in this Sunday's Kingston Town Classic, that alongside Steve Parnham has also won the race four on four occasions. Four-time winner of the Kingston Town Classic. Seems too obvious. Question two. Name the horse 
that won the only ever Kingston Town Classic held at Belmont Park back in 2003. It was over 2,000 metres and it was uh, it was Ascot was being renovated. So the uh, the carnival was held at Belmont. That's not our folly, that one. That's day five, Mumbai. <laughs> Good length, hit a, hit a crack. Not even sure I was born then. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's coming back through the gate and taking me off start that one. The, the real masterminds will know that one. Question three, what horse did perfect reflection defeat in the 2015 Kingston Town Classic? Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what a race. That's one of my favourite uh, race calls of all time. Don't know. Don't know in the Kingston Town. All right, who, who, who ran third? Can't do the whole thing. Dark Musket. Yeah. Uh, $91. $480 on Betfair. <laughs> wow. I was on. <laughs> but I'd also had the early perfect reflection price of 26 bucks. No big deal. Uh, all right. Question number four. Who saddled up Moriarty to win the 2014 Kingston Town Classic? Oh, I know that one. That's and who was the jockey as well? West Australian racing uh, racing people have a bit of a love-hate relationship with this job. Yeah, I do know this one. Yeah. I was trying to remember. I was thinking I was getting it mixed up with Moorish. I was like, no. <laughs> what am I doing? So they are, the, they are the four questions for this week's Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind Depends Competition. I was going to write the four down. Number one? Incorrect. Oh, I, yeah, it's a bit of a trick, tricky. Yeah. Number I'm two. Sorry, I didn't even attempt it. Uh, number three is a tick, and I don't even know who the hell you're talking about in race four. <laughs> Wowie. So it, this, mm. yeah, after – One from four. After last week, just knocking it out of the park, the Gurus um, come back to mm. come back to the field in this week's Mastermind. But, yeah, get, get your entries in at the 1-1 pod on Twitter. Send us send it via direct message, please, and you can be in the running for that $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring. All right, BJ, uh, we head to the second leg, second leg of the, uh, I don't know why I just turned New Zealand, Kiwi, uh, we head to the second leg of the uh, the Phillies and Mare series, the Jungle Dawn Classic, and I don't reckon I have black booked more horses from one particular race, so I always knew coming into this race it would be a bit of a difficult affair for me to wade through, but uh, the 1,400 metres uh, pistol, is there anything that uh, has caught your eye? Has any of these young fillies or mares caught your eye? It's, uh, as you said, there's a lot of horses with the right run. I think that's what it's going to come down to more than anything. And I'm half expecting or more half hoping by this stage to be able to make a little bit of ground. Mm -hmm. If not, I'll be able to just chop out half the field, obviously. But I was really impressed with Serenity Bay first up, and it's a horse that does have good figures second up. It's got really good form from last prep as well. Um, that's a horse that I'm happy to be making my book around. Uh, I can make cases for Naughty by Nature's form as well, but I think it's probably a little bit less favoured by the map. I think the market will zero in on Tycoon Storm more than Chantrail. Um, I, I think Tycoon Storm's the obvious map horse and looks much better suited stepping up to 1,400, but just at this early stage, Serenity Bay is the one for me. Map-wise, guys, how did you – it was funny, I was talking to Crook about this yesterday and I – I have in my mind to either talking to Kieran privately or it might have been on air. Are we? Is he exclusively trying to teach Lonsdale Lady to sit, or is there a chance he rolls forward here in a race devoid of a huge amount of speed? I thought it rolls forward. I think the reason they obviously took the sit last start was it was a little bit slow away from the mm -hmm. wide gate, and really the rest of the field was already in motion by the time that sort of Jade got into its work early. So I think from gate three, 
she'll be looking to really Lead try and up. kick it out. Sophie's yeah. song in the Bruce. Well, I think Sophie's song probably rolls forward and actually takes the front. Yeah, That's I the think way so that too. I'm anticipating yeah. that Lonsdale Lady either has the choice of sitting there behind it or popping off and sitting outside the leader then. So, so is it right that Lonsdale Lady's had a throat up? Yeah. That's correct? That was prior to which prep though it was it was post the uh the natasha wasn't mm. it it's funny with Lonsdale because, Lady. because maybe, put in some maybe, shockers hasn't she maybe mm. they're going to be looking at maybe not exerting her as much as they used to early and maybe that's a better strategy considering she's coming off um wind problems so i don't, I don't necessarily think that they'll be booting out eager to lead over the 1400 i'm with pete i think that sophie song will, will cr sort of crash across really positively what do you think what about Oihana. Well, that's I, I'm the same as you guys. I didn't have her leading. So yeah. I, I had Lonsdale Lady 1 1, Tycoon Storm leaders back. I had Oihana leading yeah. the race just about. I can't see why you would go into this race unless you're planning to go forward with a horse whose really only big effort um, was when leading. So for me, it's Oihana leading, yeah. Sophie's Breeze, Tycoon back of leader, Lonsdale 1 1, just about. That's your map yeah. to some degree. So from, from there, I really just narrowed it down and my, I did my market on that map. In saying that, if Lonsdale Lady leads and Tycoon Storm gets its back, I'm probably just as happy. Like I'm, I'm probably the, the two horses which have come up well above my price um, are Tycoon Storm and Lonsdale Lady. So it's again, it's a double play for me and a relatively confident one. Um, my my concern is the horse that Pete's tip, um, Serenity Bay. Um, is it George Costanza? Serenity now. George's so, dad. George's dad. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good episode. Serenity now. <laughs> uh, Serenity now. Um, Chrissy Parnham. It depends how aggressive. If he's aggressive and can find the back of Lonsdale Lady to out one back, it'd be so hard to beat from there. But I just worry that uh, she'll be a pair or two further back potentially and, and might be the run of the race. But look, from a map point of view, I've marked Tycoon Storm a tick over three bucks. So 360, 370 is available. That's enough. And Lonsdale Lady, 620. So. The $11 for me, it's it's an easy race. And those two are always going to be well over my market knowing I've got Chantria close to 10 bucks here. Um, I, plenty of respect for what she's done. She's, she's six from six, but she has to carry the 57 and a half. She's going to go back to last. And she, the two 1400 meter wins first up, she's... Uh, had in her career to date have both been against pretty moderate opposition races that are really, really suited the way they've um, the way they've been run. So I've got plenty of respect. I think she's really good, but I just think from a speed map point of view, this is uh, Tycoon Storm, Lonsdale Lady, and they're both backable prices, so pretty keen. She's really in. good, but she'll need to be a little bit special, I think, to yeah. to win this first up at 14 and yeah. probably goes on and wins the 16 and the 18, really, um, Chantre. Mm-hmm. But uh, geez, it's going to be special, and and and, and we can take her on here. And the mm. wizard's going to have to be uh, at his very, very best to get this horse over the line first up. So yeah, I'm happy to take her on as well. I'm, I really liked Tycoon Storm in the Jungle Mist, and just didn't get out uh, when she when she needed to. And by the time by the time uh, Brad Parnham eventually got her into the clear, the um, the first two runners home and pinched a bit of a march on her and. Um, Hopefully lightning doesn't strike twice and we can find clear galloping room here with Tycoon Storm and I reckon we she, is a worry, isn't it? It is a worry, yeah. yeah. Definitely. So I'm it's it when they showed a front on back straight shot of Tycoon Storm. So Tycoon Storm crossed Flower of Scotland just couldn't hold her spot and Tycoon and Brad had a moment where he was like, Am I gonna start uh, keep following skin and tins or am I gonna go yeah. back inside and follow Flower of War, he's opted to go back to the fence, followed Flower of War, and in doing so, allowed Mitchell, Pateman, and Miss Frost to land 1-1. That was the race. 
That it was, was it was he just got it check, was the right decision. It was yeah. the right decision. Yeah, like but, you, but yeah. Flower of Waters didn't just didn't kick yeah. off the off the bend like he expected her to and um just got held in a pocket and the it was, the race was all over. But uh, it was just you know, it's just moments, isn't it? It's moments in races that 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 um in, in a game of small margins that is just so significant. But hopefully we uh we being the Tycoon Storm Club can um can get some redemption on Saturday, rising to 1,400 metres. I think she's just a really, really class mare. This looks her race. Tycoon Storm on top. She's one of my better better bets of the day. She's foolproof, isn't she? Yeah. That's what I've got. I think the Lonsdale lady from – if they sprint next to each other, I think Lonsdale might be sharper over a final 200 than Tycoon Storm. And if we've got them – so, well, I don't know where you got them, but I've got them leaders back in 1-1. It's But I, I just have more trust in Tycoon Storm um, than I do in Lonsdale Lady. In saying that, current prices, Lonsdale Lady is probably, um, or not probably, is far more significantly over my um, my price. I won't so. be losing on Naughty by Nature either. Okay, so back to the 14. I, yeah, just, just I've just followed it all prep, finally got a result last time out. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep following I just think she's just a, she's a good good man. Her form's looking pretty red hot as yeah. well so far this prep. Yeah. Race six, Tab Touch, Sir Ernest Lestier Classic, 1,400 metres for the three-year-olds. Now, this is a bloody good race for... For the uh, for the youngsters, we've been we've been blessed with a good good series of races. Starting with the the thousand meter three year old race that leads into um, the Belgravia, then the, the the boys and girls go their separate ways into the Ferrytha, the Burgess Queen, Champion Phillies, Davyway Guineas, and some of the three year olds have splintered off into the Kingston Town Classic, which we'll be previewing shortly. A lot of them have stuck around for a pretty exciting edition of the Lestia Classic. Most people, I imagine, will be very keen on uh, Australia's best maiden, Western Empire. Um, of course, there's going to be people in the other corner who think that's, um, you know, Star Philly Shantalk, she's going to keep on her, keep winning on her merry way. What side of the fence do you fall on, Pete, or is there a third option that you are leaning towards? You're a three-sided fence. Mm. A three-sided fence. I like enjoying just sitting on all of the pickets at the moment. Um, <laughs> look, this isn't really a race I'm that keen to get involved with. We've got Solea running around. and Oh, yes, of course. Hopefully she's not uh, three-slash-four wide the trip again. Uh, she hasn't really had the best of luck over the last couple of starts, but that's racing. What about, uh, what about five wide? That's <laughs> racing. Yeah, exactly. You know, after a while you just get so jaded you just don't care anymore. As long as you're collecting on the race and you can just kick on to the next one rather than just kicking around looking for tickets. No, it's not that bad. Only betting digital that money. you got a sore back. And that's why I carry the backpack. <laughs> yeah, you get a bum bag or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Fill it up. In case I need to rob a bank on the way home. Um, Western Empire, I've got marked clear favourite. And it maps pretty well. It's got good gate speed. I think Pike will use the horse early to just make sure it's in a better spot. And I really struggle to see anything else challenging here. The, the, a lot of the form lines I'm still very iffy on. I remember we're sitting here two weeks ago talking about the fact that a lot of the three-year-old races have been pretty slowly run. Mm. And, look, the Guineas was more genuinely run, but it still wasn't a cracking edition of it in terms of overall tempo. I just think that Western Empire, given the map and everything in its favour, will – Proved really hard to beat. It's quite interesting looking at it physically. It's still got a lot of growing to go. Oh, I you think can tell it's going to be a good horse. Though. Yeah, I think next year will be a much better horse, probably this time next year. I'm not even sure it'll be ready in the autumn. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas a lot of these over the last couple of weeks, just looking at them physically, look like they're at their absolute peak and I would be surprised if they're still at their peak on Saturday. I don't necessarily want to be betting at the current price. If I got a little bit better, I'd be pretty much launching it. 
Yeah. Uh, first of all, just wanted to say what I think is extremely good placement. I meant to mention it earlier from uh, your mob, BJ. I don't know if any of you are doing or whatnot, but uh, Bragwell probably starts 20 to 1 in this race. Mm -hmm. Goes to a race worth, yes, it's worth half as much, but it goes to a race which um, can be very, very hard to beat. I think that's really good placement. I'm, I'm surprised a lot of these, some of these didn't look at a – Sky Hill, some of them are nommed for the uh, for the Jungle Miss. We just went past. It's interesting they've all decided to, to tackle this one, especially all the Morton runners because they were nommed for all the races. Mm -hmm. I, I thought he might have separated them a little bit. It was a bit – I don't know why he didn't just nom them all for this if they were going to go this because a lot of them didn't even draw well. So um, interesting stuff, but really well done from the, the Team Wolf uh, to find that 60-plus. I learned that was a really good placement for Bragwell. Uh, I'm with Pete. This is the best of the day by a mile. Yeah. Um, anything W money above is good enough. Probably tag Shantork, who's up. Plenty of respect, No, no, not disregarding or – taking Shantalk on too heavily, but up to the 1,400. Western Empire probably has Shantalk's back. This is literally just – this is your quintessential um, Cerise and White, just perfect placement. It just just wins. Yep. Like, yeah, anything, even money above is plenty for me. Bank it in your quaddies. Um, yeah, just bang. So just for context, Snickerdoodle Dandy is currently the first emergency in the Kingston Town Classic. So if something happens to happen to one of the horses in the field, I'm assuming that she's going to be – a scratching from the Listia, and she'll be going around in the Kingston Town Classic. And Western Empire is third emergency. So, would need a miracle. Pretty, pretty rare that, you know, you've got this maiden just banging down the door into a Group One million dollar race, a maiden. And if it gets a start, people will be wanting to bet it. Yeah. It's, this is just Bob, isn't it? It's, it's, you know, the vortex. <laughs> should have, well, it should have won the Faritha. Um, not yeah. should have. Well, it just was probably the runoff. Well, it was the runoff in the Faritha. And, should have won. Um, should have won, yeah. And in the Guineas, if you swap the barriers um, with Watch Me Dance or if, if you just draw, what's this, and draw 15, yeah. he probably, probably wins that. I thought Dom to shoot was a better run. Uh, there's not, you know, there's, yeah. there's, uh, there's so such similar runs. Um, but I mean, Dom Deschutes going to start second or third favorite for the group one mm -hmm. in a couple of races time. So yeah, this is, this is just your gift. And I believe this is the horse, the market, these are the horses, the markets don't always catch up. And we'll, we'll, we'll touch on Celebrity Queen in a minute, but Celebrity Queen is shorter currently than Western Empire. Yep. And that's madness. So these are the ones the markets don't catch up on. I don't think that this is necessarily much above a dollar fifty pop in, in my mind. I'm only going at $2 and above and, We've already had a fair lash. That's, uh, <laughs> already had a fair lash. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, if, if this gets done, then um, send help. <laughs> what was the early price? Two sixty. Yeah. yeah. So I've got a market dollar seventy. So yeah, yeah. yeah. The guru, this, the guru yeah. doesn't miss. If there's send, any, any owner who's floating around, he just send, goes send help if this gets done. I don't, I don't wake up early enough to get someone any. Someone bring a uh, someone bring a stretcher to. No, this was yesterday, Arvo. Was it? Yeah, this was yesterday, Arvo. So I also um. No, yeah. I was asleep anyway. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say at any hours you are awake. I was just on a Hunters Club thread last night and just we were discussing the Cerise and White army. And from the top, Arcadia Queen, Regal uh, Showmanship, Regal Power, uh, Inspirational Girl, and Superstorm. They're probably the A pluses and they're five of the what best 20 horses in the country i'd say and then you've got the this cast of like you mm. know a graders who or, or horses that are gonna who are still on the way up and it's terrifying yep. to, to see how much good how much thoroughbred 
um, talent he has at his disposal. And this guy, he's um, like they're, they're trying to get him in. He's a maiden. He's trying to get. In, they're trying to get him into the weight for age championship. So obviously they they've got high wraps on him as well. So I think it was still a couple of years ago that Bob Peters had the best black type strike rate in the country. Yeah. And I remember getting into an argument with someone over East because I was saying, oh no, surely like Godolphin. No, 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 no. Black type strike rate. He's still the best pound for pound breeder in the country. Yeah, but yeah. So this is this is a horse who's rocketing up the charts, and I think it's going to commence on Saturday with victory in the Lestia Classic. Shantok is a really really good filly though, and she's going to give a kick. And Western Empire won't want to Pikey won't want to be sleeping, and Western Empire won't want to take a few strides to to get motoring because he might get burnt by this filly. She's pretty she's pretty fast, and she runs a good split. Yeah, and it's. Looking at the speed map, there's no guarantee they're actually going to be that genuine here. There's every chance they sort of sit sprint. Yeah. Um, and if that's the case, Western Empire will have to be within striking range. If Pikey's a little bit too casual early and gets flushed back to the second half of the field, mm. he's going to have to really get the right runs uh, to run down a horse like Shantork. And even like uh, Empire Rain, I know this will probably sound a bit insane, but clearly wasn't suited last start. Finds a much more favourable map here. It probably will loom at some point in the straight if they're going really slow, and I'd be throwing it into little mm -hmm. exotics if you're that way inclined. Yeah, be interesting. I think all day session will be more aggressive here and might yeah. take it up, and um, we'll see kissing awful cheeks from the awkward gate roll across. But yeah, Pete Thrower, there isn't a sort of standout jump and run uh, conveyance. American Choice from 11, I think they'll ride forward. Saleh with the blinkers, blinkers on, on. you know more than I would in that sense, Pete, but the chance she might be rolling forward. But uh, yeah, look, all things being equal, and um, and Pikey uh, can get somewhere near the back of Shan Talk. There's only one winner here. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to the AJ Scahill Stakes Wait for Age contest. It's been won by some absolute top liners over the journey. And this year is, is no exception. We've got a really, really good uh, Wait for Age lineup here. Some horses that are coming out of the railway, some horses coming out of the winter bottom. That's the way this race is designed and, and it's uh, put together quite a, um, quite a good 11 horse field. But obviously the horse that everyone wants to be on is the uh, even money Favourite celebrity queen, runner-up in last week's Winterbottom Stakes. Pete, is there, in your analysis of this particular race, is there is there some value in the current market and is there any any horses that you've got confidence in that can knock off this uh, Cerise and White train mare? Oh, produced mare. Kementari's still taking up 15% of the market. I'm surprised they haven't like shipped him off to the cattle ranch yet. Um, I, I believe they're talking about it being his last run, but he's always like, Gate 10, like, what is he going to be sitting back next to Celebrity Queen and out sprinting her? Good luck with that. Uh, I think it's pretty much between Celebrity Queen. If I'm playing at the current quote and I've got a mark basically at the current price, I'll be saving on Valor Road, who mm -hmm. ran second in this race last year, wasn't suited, obviously, in the winter bottom, almost fell. Uh, I'm not exactly sure Flirtini's a 1,400-metre horse and obviously, again, another horse that will be back there with Celebrity Queen. Gate three is probably a little bit more awkward than what Celebrity Queen has from seven. Um, oh, it's daylight the rest. Yeah, we're in similar uh, wavelengths at the moment, Pete. I chastised, scolded myself a little bit yesterday for uh, for not taking the $3.20 Celebrity Queen. Hey, it was sitting joking? there for a few hours. I marked it, in all fans, I marked it 270, but I said I cannot get her any longer. Like that was as long as I could possibly get her in my market. I knew I could back her 
um, and then have my proper bet on something else to basically square up in the race. So obviously I've missed that opportunity now. But look, we saw last year, I think it's a really great example of what we saw last year with um, Stage Man and Flirtini started two bucks, four bucks, one week back up, 12 to 14. Um, and it's hard because their grand final is the winter bottom. It's hard to step up seven days later. Mm. Celebrity Queen's never been past 1,200. Celebrity Queen's never raced over, uh, uh, has never been past 12, has never raced on a one-week backup. I don't know. I, I just think, look, I think Celebrity Queen is obviously the best horse and um, she gets the 1,400 and and, uh, and the race is run to suit. She'll be, she'll be finishing over the top of them without doubt, but um, I, I'm happy to oppose now. She's, she's a, a flat two bucks and the horse uh, that you mentioned, Peter is, has come up well above my price, uh, is Valor Road. He comes across with um, a great shot. Ran second in this race last year, as you said, beat Stageman and Flirtini that yep. particular day. Who um, won that race? It was the Celt oh. with a big salute by CJP. Hey, oh, and you know what? I reckon, yeah. I, was, I reckon I was on course, and I'm pretty sure that oh. Pistol Pete Antonitz <laughs> yeah. uh, Chimed in, bet fair late. The Celt happy, and was man. he was yeah thirty six. I think it was. There was, there was no need to be picking up any tickets off the ground. That's <laughs> <for sure. laughs> the only person with the biggest salute in CJP was uh, PA over here, Mister Antonis. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm hoping Valerode can go one better for Simo. Uh, we might see a similar salute from Mitchie Pateman over the line uh, if he can get the job done. But I love him in the breeze here. I think he can put some pressure on Great Shot coming to the bend. Who has probably to be. has to be the probably breeze, coming towards the end. And um, look, he'll give a kick and he'll make the Flirtini. He'll make Flirtini and Celebrity Queen chase him. And they went around last week and ran a proper race. Valero didn't, as Pete mentioned earlier. He was just... Um, Still trying to get out. Yeah. yeah, he found more asses in a toilet seat. So <laughs> I, um, yeah, really happy being on Valero nine bucks. I've marked him closer to six. So I uh, do think Celebrity Queen will be flashing late. And um, as I said, dirty myself for not piping in there. Um, but yeah, Valero for me. Nine bucks, something on. Did you hesitate? Much. I showed hesitation, and and yeah, yeah. That's I don't like showing hesitation. I believe um, you look, you see, you you act, and Mm. I didn't. So anyway, we live and we learn, don't we, guys? That's what life is. It's one big lesson. It's like a bushfire. We're permanently in the classroom. How's it a bushfire? No, you just got to act straight away. Don't delay. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the analogy analogy I expected there. Oh dearie me. Yeah. BJ. Celebrity Queen is the obvious on top selection. As Terry said, though, she's even money. You could probably have a go and try and uh, operate around her. Valerode for me. I wonder where he would have finished with Clear Galloping. He looked like he had a lot of horse underneath him, didn't he, Mitchie mm. Payman, last Sunday in the winter bottom. Gee, there was a bit going on there. Durendal mm. pushing out. I think Sean O'Donnell might have got suspended for that as well. Um, there was. Yeah, Stage Man was caught up in that. I think Essential Spice was caught up in that. It was a real train wreck down there for on the fence for, for those particular runners. So Valero did, did look to be traveling sweetly. So he gets an opportunity to make amends. I'm going to be having something on Valero. And I might even have something on dance music as well, the stable mate. She was ridden super aggressively in a railway stakes, set outside, uh, you know, suicidal tempo um, set by a great shot. She folded up, 
as um, as you would expect and, and punctured. But from two, I just think she might get under the guard a little bit. She's She won the Northern Cup impressively. She's a good mare, just going to get the right run for Brad Parno. I just think that this 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 everything just sort of looks to be if, – if she's right, she's going to be in the right spot to impact. And about $21, $18 best available. I might have something on dance music as well, the stable match. We did bump into Simon A. Miller last Saturday. And, he was um, in good nick. He was in, in good nick and – he said that he'd be interested in coming on the the one one very soon. So it'd be nice to get him on after he uh, wins a feature, Guru. Yep, dance music's actually above my price. Also, um, I agree with everything you said there. You could uh, could definitely justify a spec, and uh, it's interesting to note her best two runs this prep have been with Brad Parnamon. Mm-hmm. So reunited, reunited. So yeah, and before we move on from this particular race and get on, we probably need to get Stevie Parnham on the phone. Mm. Friend of the podcast, one of our uh, one of our original guests, bookmaker, punter extraordinaire, Pete McCormick has a share in Flow. Floor. Can we make a case for Flow? I think you can make an outside case, yeah. I, I think if you're an owner, you're happy taking something at the 35, 40 to 1. I don't think it's impossible to run a sneaky each-way race because this is probably more of a target race for Flow than the others. Um, we saw the Kelt win the race last year, and it's a pretty similar sort of profile yeah, to yeah. the Kelt. So um, if I was an owner, I'd be really happy with the setup and the price you're getting, and it's a nice fun day out without too higher expectations. Yeah, I've got it marked to uh, about the current price, and I think we'll get a little bit longer, obviously, mm, yeah. on the day. So, yeah, I'll probably end up chopping. Okay, gents. So before we get started on our Kingston Town Classic preview, Group 1, $1 million race, we probably should talk to the man who's won the race four times himself, uh, quality senior rider, Stevie Parnham. Stevie, welcome to the 1-1. Hey, guys. How are you going? Very well. We've got Pete Antonitz and Terry Layton here, Steve, and we, um, we're we just about to dive into the, the the Group 1 Kingston Town Classic, a race I mentioned before that you've won four times. So just for the listeners, Stevie has won the Kingston Town Classic Award Playing God in 2011, uh, sorry, 2010 rather, Playing God again in 2011. Uh, you won on It's A Him in 2013 and, of course, last year on KC. Obviously, very fond memories of the Weight for Age Championship of Western Australia, Steve. Yeah, yeah. As you said, I've had a, a pretty good run in the race. I've uh, been fortunate to probably get on some some good three year olds uh, that that were in in at the right time and uh, got some good results as a, as a um, part of that. It's a rarity, Steve, that uh, a three year old that wins the race or well well wins the race can come out and uh, I think playing God might be the only one. BJ, can you old comrade as well actually uh, come out and uh, and win the race because obviously a lot of people see it as a three year old's race with the uh, allowances they get. But um, playing God, does that uh, does that one hold special memories? Being able to do it um, with the the full weight impost the uh, the following year. Yeah. Um he was a, he was an exceptional horse. Uh, just uh, he he come off a, a a very average railway run as well um, going into that second Kings of Town, and uh, he'd had a hard long campaign in Victoria and, and performed very well. And, uh, the I guess the quality rose when um, he was able to come back out and and bounce back off the canvas, you could say, and and win that second Kings of Town. And like you said. Uh, only old comrade and himself have done it, so it, it takes a very, very good horse to to live up to that. 
It's funny watching both of those replays as well. They're, uh, they're nearly identical rides. Uh, they're nearly in the identical spot. You, you just got along with the horse and understood the horse uh, so well. But um, just before we came on air, um, we were speaking to you before, you told us that um, if you were on KC in the railway, it probably would have gone a lot closer. Can you tell the listeners more about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know if I could quite get that much out of it. But no, um, look, on face value, she looked very disappointing in the railway. I I rode her in the start before in the Lestia Stakes and she was an outstanding winner there and um, all her work uh, going towards the railway, I thought, was was really where she needed to be. Um, Jason Brown jumped on a, uh, her um, when I had that fall uh, a few days before and, look, he did nothing wrong. It just just seemed to be that she didn't turn up. She obviously had a a weight disadvantage against some of the horses um, going into it, but uh, look, on all in all, I, I still thought she should have probably performed a little bit better than what she did. Stevie, you've obviously ridden KC for pretty much her entire career, if not her entire career. Is she a horse with a few little quirks that you have to get to know before you can really get the best out of it? Um, uh, it's, it's hard to say cause I, I know her inside out, whether, you know, someone new jumping on, um, doesn't quite have that same association, but look, she, she generally likes to just find her spot in the run and she'll generally tell you where she wants to be by the, the way she's traveling. She sometimes can take a little bit of urging, um, prior to the corner, but, she um once she gets to the top of the straight balances up she's got an unleashing turn of foot there and um it wasn't there on display on on uh saturday week ago in the in the railway stakes so you know i i probably can't say that it was all the you know change of rider there she she obviously just uh didn't turn up for us no brace uh, jason sorry actually uh look i from a uh, mapping and watching her in the run. He couldn't have probably ridden her any better in that sense. She just didn't seem to uh, to let down. But I think what can you probably give uh, followers of KC some confidence is the fact that she didn't turn up in the northerly quite as well and then came out and won so well in the Listeria. Um You did give her the perfect steer that day. But um, was the steer you gave her last year? The rail was playing nicely. You were, I think you were three back the fence that day. Uh, you didn't go around a horse, um, didn't do any work. Um, she only carried the 50 but was that one of your uh your better steers getting her up along the fence and uh, you could see the elation over the line that day as well yeah yeah look i think um just things things just worked out perfect on the day for me i drew barrier one and um just basically took the shortest way home never went around a horse you borrowed, uh, borrowed pikey's whistle did you yeah i asked him for some some advice before the race and I, I must have took enough on board. Yeah, yeah, but, um, he, I actually had a, had an eye on him in the run because he was on the favourite yep. uh, Arcadia Queen, and and we were positioned pretty closely. And I was thinking um, he's he's going to be keeping me quite neatly inside if if uh, the runs aren't there for me to get out, and I'd have to probably follow him through. But I could sort of just notice up ahead Gallo Shop when he was bowling along, not not quite railing. Um, around the, the tight corners and, and I thought I'd just play my, my hand here and go through for, for as far as I can and uh, fortunately for me it, it just worked out that I that I could stay there and, you know, she obviously went into the race, I thought, with good credentials because she was a um, 
she was a good run, I thought, in the champion fillies from a very bad draw. And and then in the guineas, um, I thought she should have won that race. So she, if she had won that race, she would have been a lot shorter in the market, probably a lot more well thought of, I thought. And um, I still had faith in her going into the race that she was every bit of chances as um, the favourite Arcadia Queen was, as long as, um, you know, we're given sort of equal equal chances from, from our uh, positions in the race and um, she she proved that and like you said the the 50 kilo uh, weight impost is is a luxury for for the three odd fillies um, and, and even the boys who get 52 you know to to have a, a huge advantage on the the older horses um, if you if you're on a horse that's good enough um, they're they're usually able to do the job so you've won on three three-year-olds Steve what do you – and I know you're a very keen form student as well. What do you make of the, the three-year-olds that are in this year's edition of the Kingston Town? Gemma's son, Dom to shoot, watch me dance. Um, how, how do you how do you line their, their credentials up alongside the established weight for age stars? Yeah, um, look, they've all done nothing wrong. They've all shown through their careers thus far that, that they've um, got good, good, good qualities about them, you know, um, Watch me dance as a Guineas champion Phillies winner. She she can't do much more. And Gemma Sum is an outstanding two year old who's looking like um, he's relaxing and, and maybe getting out to to a further trip. And and Dom to shoot has just been probably earned by bad barrier draws in in a couple of his runs. And you could arguably say he could have nearly won those those races had he had he drawn better in the races. So um, they're all coming into the race with. Um, Good credentials. Um, it's just you probably won't know till after the event um, as to where they sit, uh, whether they can elevate themselves to to that class of outstanding three-year-old. You know, I think they have to prove themselves on Saturday to sort of be given that. Okay, so. I think there was a depending on whether you'd support an inspirational girl in the in the futures or, or, or whether you're planning on um, in supporting her on the day. I think um, the gate eighteen that that Bob Peters drew certainly opened this race up, and especially from a tactical point of view, Steve. So, yeah, your father Neville has three runners in the race: Nerf Boss Platoon, who you obviously have a fantastic association with over the journey as well, having finished third on him in last year's Railway Stakes, and of course KC last year's winner. So, a, what do you think Pikey does? An inspirational girl? Does he go back to last and take his medicine? Is he a bit more positive and try and find a three-wire line? And also, if you're on one of the horses up on top of the speed, i.e., too close to the sun, um, or one of the, one of the three-year-olds, what what is the key to, I guess, to, to taking it up to the two dollar thirty favorite, the Cerise and White Runner, an inspirational girl? Yeah, I, I think if I was on one of the horses up forward, especially the three-year-olds, I'd be. I'd be sort of putting the acid to them at the corner and and making making those horses with weight, the older ones, um, something to catch. You know, I think that's sort of been the point that I've gained from some of my three year olds. Where if I can get to get to a point and and just go, um, if they're good enough, they can quickly sprint with a light weight. The ones that are chasing, especially from further back in the field, they actually seem to find it very tough to to be able to really win and that's where probably inspirational girl is going to find it 
the toughest because um, I, I can only see her giving them a, a massive start. I, I, I'd be surprised if Pikey was to try and be three wide um, with cover if the pace, as it looks, it looks like it, it's going to be genuinely run. Um, I don't know if he's going to be trying to chase them around the outside of the field uh, just because I think he'll be thinking that's too much work to be done there. Um, but he's going to need a whole lot, of, whole lot of luck. You know, he's going to got to have most of the horses in front of him um, get into the 600. And yeah, he's going to, he's on the horse that can do it, no doubt, because it's shown in the railway it's its turn of foot and, and even through its career, how quickly it can reel off the sectionals. But um, yeah, I'd still be a little bit concerned with its draw as to if it's going to be good enough to um, catch him. Have you given him his whistle back? Oh, he, he he doesn't give that give that away for too long. That one. <laughs> I think he's got that firmly in his pocket. <laughs> so so Stevie, uh, just obviously your brother Brad has um has hopped aboard KC. Will you be handing out the pre race instructions in the mounting yard? No, no, I'd, I don't, I don't want to interfere with what what he's got in his head. But uh, I'll probably speak to him a little bit about what I know of the horse and. He, I think he sat on her a couple of times track work as well just to get a bit of a feel. But um, I would I would say to him just ride her where she wants to be and, you know, you know she's got a she's got a bit of a pattern there where you have to probably just make sure she she doesn't switch off too much and, you, and you're on top of them. And if you can be close enough at the the 400, um, she'll be um, she'll be rattling home strong. So, yeah, I, I just think. The more you can sort of interfere with with the jockeys with instructions, sometimes it can uh, it can confuse the situation too much. They they just got to go out there and ride the race as it happens. So as I said before, you've the stable also has platoon and nerf bosk engaged. Nerf bosk has been quite quite a welcome addition to the to the stable. He's on a Perth Cup campaign. He was a very impressive Carbine Club Stakes winner. Good time. Uh, the figures were good. Uh, what do you know about him and um, and yeah, he looks like he's uh, you, the stable's going to have a lot of fun with that this fellow, that's for sure. Yeah, look, I haven't really d- had a lot to do with him apart from riding him first up in the Asian Bow, and that day he um, he gave me a pretty good feel the way he jumped, travelled, and and accelerated. I thought he was obviously looking for more ground. No, always, but his preferred distance is more ground, and um, but the effort was really good in a field where inspirational girl won, you know, so he's not that far that day showed from, from those better horses. Um, he definitely will appreciate going up to the 1800 and, uh, and further, but I wouldn't sort of discount him as any sort of, um, mad hope in the race, just, just based on the fact that if it is a solid run 1800 and he's going to be quite tough at the end of it. Fair old training effort by your dad, wasn't it? Uh, keeping Nerf Bosk back to the 14 to win the, the Carbine Club last start. And, and obviously, um, he is where, where is he in the market for the Perth Cup at the moment, Terry Nerf Bosk? Uh, second or third favorite, Sec- around that 10, 11, 12 dollar mark at the moment. Uh, understandably, too, when he's uh, up, I, I think, well, I, I can't be sure, but I wouldn't imagine the stable would have probably expected him to hit this type of form until he got up to the 18, 2000. So to show this type of form now is uh, definitely a, um, a good sign heading towards uh, sort of his grand final on the 2nd of January. 
Yeah, so Stevie, you as you mentioned before, you fell off, or you didn't, you, yeah, you, you had a bad fall on the Wednesday prior to the railway stakes aboard um, Powerful and um, broke your collarbone and, and fractured a few other bones in your body. Steve, how how have you recovered from that? And uh, for all our listeners out there, have you got a, I guess, have you got a timeline um, on what, on A, what you need to do to get back in the saddle and um, how long to your back riding work? Yeah, look, I've, um, I'm feeling good about myself now. Uh, the, the injuries are still there, but they're they're getting better um, by the day. Uh, went and seen the doctor the other day, and he said it's probably a six to eight week um, time frame on getting back into the saddle. But it'll just sort of wait and see how how things go. I'm quite fit and and healthy, so generally my bones do probably heal on the on the better side but um look it looks like that i'll miss the entire carnival including the perth cup so uh which which was unfortunate but i'm uh, given that i'm probably just going to make sure that i i work towards getting back properly and right and, and doing the right thing and you know so it'd be sometime in january i'd say that you'd see me back um at the track and and building up towards race riding again Stevie, I remember listening to you talk about Platoon last year on radio and I think my comment at the time was you sound like you'll be making a really good future trainer. You've obviously got the great grounding there with your father and, and the family history as well. Does having a bad fall necessarily put thoughts into your mind about continuing to ride or you know, do you start to look at the future in terms of training and in terms of having that fall? Do you, does it, do you start to question yourself at any point in time given your career? Um, I guess you've always probably going to have to get to a point where you need to make a transition into something else. Um, that could be sooner than you want based on, you know, you could have, a, like I said, the like you said, the fall and one, it could be career ending. So uh, it hasn't deterred me in any point of wanting to get back into race riding as such. Uh, I've had a number of falls throughout my career and bad ones as, as well and and I've always been able to to come back and, and get back into to racing and and to the level that I want to be so uh, at this stage I I'll, I'll do that and I'll, I'll come back in in and and try and get back to the level that that sees me you know where where I need to be and, and hopefully ride uh, good race winners again but um, there will be a time uh, and it's probably you know, sooner than later that um, I will have to look at that next phase. So um, I haven't quite decided yet whether that's going into training horses or if it's going into something else. I, I've certainly got a keen interest in the horse racing industry, so uh, that would probably lean me towards something that way. But um, I enjoy riding so much. I enjoy the um, having that part of uh, getting – uh, being the the athlete on the athlete, I guess you say, uh, in, a, in a horse racing sense and um, being part of trying to manip- um, manufacture a winner, um, that's still – I have that drive there. So um, until that maybe diminishes, I'm going to keep continuing to pursue that. Um, so uh, hopefully it goes for a bit longer. 
All right. Well, thanks a lot for your time here on the 1-1, Steve, and all the best with your recovery and hopefully see you back in the saddle in early 2021. We better get a tip for the race from oh, yeah. uh, maybe the Quokka in uh, over <laughs> in Rotto might have given Steve uh, some um, insight. You've been spending all your time uh, over on Rottnest just uh, taking it easy, have you? Tip. Oh, it's here. It's a bloody hard race to, to pick the winner. Look, I'd love to see um, one of the brothers win it. So I'm hoping KC or or truly great. Uh, Do you enjoy holding it over them, though, that you've got the group one or four of them in your back pocket and they're yet to, to oh, snare one? Surely it's a small party you must enjoy uh, holding that over them. Oh, well, they, they probably have a bit more in other areas than I do, so I guess that's one thing I'm hanging on to there. So. <laughs> yeah, they're the gold medal, yeah. so that, that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it is it is good. It is a, a proud thing to have. So, But I, at the same time, I'd, I'd enjoy it to see um, both of them to be able to succeed. Uh, Chris was just narrowly short in the other uh, winter bottom the other day, and I know how disappointed he, he's come close a few times, and, and and Brad's sort of probably been at the top of his game for some time, and, and still hasn't quite got one. So to see one of those two would be would be outstanding, you know, and I'd be over the moon for him. So um, yeah, I'll be sort of cheering for them, but you know, I wouldn't. I reckon. Of the three-year-olds, uh, just based on Dom Deschutes' runs in the Guineas, he, he was just huge, and I just maybe got a sneaky feeling that maybe he might get it. So um, I don't know. It's it's going to be tough. One of those races where everyone will have a different opinion, and someone will be right, and, and many will be wrong. So <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Good, we get used to good it. Luck. <laughs> Good luck for all concerned, I guess. Yeah. Hey, thanks a lot for your time, Stevie. I ran into Brother Brad after the last last Saturday and uh, handed you a um, handed Brad a couple of one one hats. So next yep. time you're um you're out and about and because um, you're a bit of an influencer on the social media these mm. days, Stevie. Hopefully you've got <laughs> the one uh, one trucker hat on and give all us right. a bit of a plug. That'd be good. But um but yeah, no. Sincerely, we we wish you all the very best in your comeback to race riding in the new year, and best of luck to uh, to the Parnham Stable Racing Stable at Ascot on Saturday. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks, Dave. All the best. Cheers. Yeah, we just caught up with Stevie Parnham. Did a bit of a deep dive on the Kingston Town Classic. Stevie probably summed up a lot of the the um, the thought processes that that most of us have in terms of. Who are the main chances? That the, the how the three year olds are, are going to fare? The best way tactically to bring about um, to bring unstuck the favourite inspirational girl. So you know most of the heavy lifting has been done, boys. But um, but Pete, I'll just throw to you. What's the value? Who who you think is going to win? And, and and what's your best recommended strategy for for the listeners? Yeah, it's not really a huge betting race in my opinion. Obviously, inspirational girl was. I don't think it was blessed in run last start, but it had to do something pretty special. If you watch the replay, Pike is halfway through the turn and he makes a decision to come back to the inside and the horse responds and just kicks straight off. It was this moment where you just keep watching the replay over mm. and over again and you think it was actually incredible that not only Pike was able to do it, but the horse was able to follow him and go with him and it came straight back to the inside and obviously killed them late. But it was such a perfect run. I just have doubts as to whether or not I'll be able to reproduce it this weekend. And the price is definitely short enough at this stage. I really couldn't recommend a, a bet. But if it does turn up and gets a cosy run or something like that, I mean, it's it's obviously going to be a danger. The horse I'm going to follow up is Too Close to Sun. It's just a really strong type. It's got a figure over the 1800 at Ascot from two starts ago. Again, it probably lobs into a perfect spot. And 
I was doing the form of the race and obviously uh, its brother in Trapper Falls is in the race. I was trying to think of the last time two brothers raced in the same event that had some sort of quality and I think I'm going to Hong Kong for Time Warp and mm. Glorious forever when they were settled first and second in run and the younger brother uh, who was I think a sixty favourite in Glorious Forever couldn't get past the older brother. Uh, I don't think that will happen here. Uh, I'm pretty happy to have something on Too Close to Sun at the around the double figure quote just under. I think other horses that he could probably expect a bit of improvement. I thought Cup Night was actually really good in the yeah, railway. Me too. Despite the fact it had the setback going into the race, I thought it was still a really good run. Dom to shoot obviously is probably the pick of the three-year-olds in terms of how it maps and it does have that really strong SP over over its own age group. But for me, it's basically a bet on too close to Sun and, and that will do me for the uh, Kingston Town. Are you perturbed with Too Close to Sun? His best runs have been, well, they've been in the wet probably to some degree as well, but more so when leading um, and with the stable mate, his brother, yep. not uh, not long knife brother, just uh, just to <laughs> clarify, as I didn't qualify this year's Kingston Town, outrage. unfortunately. Outrage. Yeah, I was dirty. I'm dirty, Des. Um, with Galo Chop and Trapper Fools, likely to lead and breeze Too Close to Sun. As you say, parks up on him and gets the lovely running behind. But just because it's the lovely run, is the lovely run his best run, if that makes sense? It, it would I would if you didn't have those two fifty and seventy dollar pops in the race and he leads this, this at nine bucks or whatever, this would be an absolute launch job on an each way basis. What about if what about Trap Fools just says see you back in the showers, boys? So doesn't that doesn't that play in into what sense? Just goes to the top. Yeah. Just and rolls. Gets in front of Galo Chop and too yeah. close sun goes breeze. No, I, I think it might even be single file for a little bit, you know. Too close to sun back of where three back the fence. Yeah. Or? Yeah. There'll be enough speed to be a three-back defence. Watch me dance. He's I'll, pinging the lids. I would assume that there's no, there's no way there's a three-line. Trap for Fools isn't in the race to be going slowly, I don't think. I think they'll be going. I, can't be, be I reckon Galo Chop's going to probably close to retiring after this race. You wouldn't think on its final hit out they'd want a hand up either. It's not jumping well enough for me. That's the key with okay. yeah, Galo yep. Chop. I, actually I think didn't know if that was get, just a one-off from last time. Oh, I just think the horse is gone, to be fair. Yeah. Um, I think everyone knows Shop that, really. duck. Yeah. Not much chop anymore. Uh, is that still we're still doing the French thing? <laughs> <laughs> shop. Oh, dearie, dearie. Do you know the only better? Well, actually, hang on. Let me just grab uh, Matty Barker's trumpet out here. The only better, actually, in this race at this point, I had a little bit of the 67s Dom to shoot early. But um, yeah. I, I've actually backed uh, <laughs> Trap for Fools to run a hole. It's only better I've had during the week on the race at $18. Now, I just think if you go back to the run, Stevie Parnham actually um, rode yeah. him early in the year in the – Diggers Cup, PJ? Yeah, you're 63 right. 63 kilos, yeah. right? He was going into that with less fitness, carrying 63. Yes, that was a Diggers Cup, not a Kingston Town. But the horse that beat him, King Blitz, the ill-fated King yeah. Blitz, got eight kilos off him that day. King Blitz was a serious racehorse. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a really, really nice racehorse for Barry Newnham. So I, I just think this is a nice grounding. And I'd be even happier if he does what you just said, Pete, and he manages to find the top on trap for fools. I just think... I'm not going to be tipping him as, as the winner or anything of that nature. Just the $18 a hole, I think it's more of a six, seven, eight dollars a place type. Yeah. Bit. I just think the eight, and it's a, it's readily available at 18 bucks or so a place. Um, I just think he's the one that can run a, a, a cheeky race out in front. But look, this year I don't have any real stronger piece of the race I love and I love to time, uh, chime in early. And I haven't, it hasn't worked out really in that sense. Um, with Bob's, none of Bob's three year olds making it here because that's usually the way I would target this race. But, um, look, Stevie Parnham, um, summed it up really well with inspirational girl. Um, goes back to last. I think Pikey will look for runs, um, pending how it all pans out. We never know. But if we're getting close to that three bucks, um, I'd probably back him in to to get a run. But I'd want the best part of $3 because yeah. you're, you're basically betting on luck. 
Do you think um, do you think we'll see that, Pete? I think so too. Yeah. Oh, that's the way that I'd anticipate yeah. him riding, trying to hunt up for those little sucky runs going yep. around the corner and waiting inevitably as most of the jockeys try to start their runs going wide on the turn yeah. and he just saves all the ground to <laughs> split. And exactly right. Yeah. Just, just on that, before I, I need to raise this, I don't know whether I raised this last week or not. I forget. It's been a big week. Or two. So, <laughs> or two. <laughs> <laughs> Clint Johnston Porter, Porter on Truly Great rode almost the was almost the ride of the year to the 800 in on in the railway stakes on truly great mm. he's landed on the back of yep. truly great for all, oh, those, futures, sorry, on, for all um, those futures players chime in perth cup by on, the way on too close to sun for some reason instead of staying on too too close to sun's back cjp's opted to go three wide onto the back of galo chop who was a 10 year old who had been three wide no cover the entire so in doing so, he's gone from being two two or three pairs in front of William Pike on um, Inspirational Girl. Pike straightened up in front of Truly Great. So what happened was uh, as soon as um, CJP moved out into the three-wide line, the uh, too close to Sun Joey as a party got going. That that dragged Material Man into the field. It pushed Galo Chop four wide and um, Truly Great ended up being five and six wide cornering with Inspirational girl cutting the corner and straightening up in front of her, of him with momentum. It was just a sliding doors moment in the race. And I reckon if, if Truly Great held its line and followed, um, uh, too close to sun into the, into the straight, probably would have finished top four. Um, I'm not tipping it in this race, but I'm, I was just talking about, you were talking about how Pike, mm. everything just sort of, like he needed that chess, that move on the chessboard to happen for him to, win the race and it's freakish how often it falls into place for him do you know what i mean especially in group ones because yeah. no, nobody wants to be the the jockey that's held up for them but pikey's willing to risk be that jockey that was a good thing beaten a good thing licked in the race you know and that the reason he wins more of these races and it was just like galaxy star last year um in last year's railway galaxy star uh two years ago two years ago sorry yeah. yep sorry i'm Lost track of years. This is 2021, isn't it? Right. Uh, it was just like Galaxy Star. Everything gets going, and especially with horses, like you can go a bit further with this map and look at Taxigano out in the car park there. Mitch is going to be off and asking him to be a nice, tough horse, and you're going to see not a lot of, not necessarily a lot of impatience. Well, it is a lot of impatience. It's group one pressure. The and you're going to see odds, that the again. The three odds will have to be. They yeah, should. They, they should. They have Stevie, to be. I couldn't have summed this race up any better than Stevie did with saying the three odds should be off and going and trying to utilise their weight like yeah, they do. That was, that was absolutely bang on. And that could create the gaps for Pikey to come through. And um, he actually gets a weight swing on a lot of these runners with yeah. the, being, a, being a mare. So. And I think when we spoke to Pike, he said that he's even more confident of her at eighteen hundred, yep. yeah, he did. So, which is yeah. which is frightening when you think about it. <laughs> Question for you two: Are yeah. the three-year-olds? Um, my opinion is no. I reckon that's a average crop, uh, and that won't that won't please many people. Uh, average crop of three-year-olds. What do you guys think? Are they capable of winning a Kingston Town Group One Classic? I just think from the draw that the Dombashu and Watchmanets have to be top four chances. Yeah, from the draw, they're both in pretty good form. Um, is is it a vintage crop of three-year-olds? Perhaps not. Uh, however, you got inspirational girls drawn eighteen. The there's a lot of horses in this race. There's a couple. There's probably three or four who aren't really genuine wait for age sort of group one horses. Maybe probably more of them actually. So uh, does it have to be? Do they have to be vintage yep. three year olds to play a part in the in the finish? For me, it's it's Dom to shoot 
Watch Me Dance of the three-year-olds and it's Inspirational Girl and Too Close to Sun are the older horses for me. That's so, a really valid point. Yeah. yeah. I like how you put that. So and Too Close to Sun, I just feel is though he's going to have field position advantage over Inspirational Girl. I thought his railway performance was brave. And you're putting him three back the fence. No, I'm just saying that if if they string out, mm. then he can he, he doesn't have to punch the breeze. He can drop in behind Gallo Chopper, may, may even tail Trap for Fools. I'm not sure. Depends how, how they want to ride Gallo Chopper after his gut buster in the um, railway. But he did lead them up in the Kingston Town Classic last year and ran super. second. Yep. Second, super. Yep. Um, but for me, I, I'm, I, I think this is a terrific opportunity for Joey as a party and Lindsay Smith too close to sun. Get off and going. Make inspirational girl catch you if she if she's good too good too shape. Yep. Do you know what I mean? But you got to you got to get going. You got to put the acid to her, and, and we'll find out how just how good she is on Saturday. I think he's a strong horse, and he'll be making runs. I'd imagine at the same time the three year olds make theirs, and it's just going to be a battle of attrition. Three year olds up to the eighteen hundred for the first time. He's a strong horse who can handle up to two thousand easy. Smith polish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he he visibly improved a lot going to that railway. Uh, seeing him back up from Champion Phillies Day into railway stakes, he had, his coat had cleaned up a lot. I'm expecting he'll be. Just cherry ripe for this eighteen hundred meter race. Do you like a clean coat? Every everything Indeed. is everything is going to have to go to script for two closest. But to beat a horse like Inspirational Girl, who you know could be the next big thing in Australian racing, then you're just going to have to take your chances. And when those sliding doors moments happen, like I referred to with Truly Great in the Railway, if you get it right, then then the the opportunity is there for you to to knock off Bob and Willie and That's Team it. Williams. We're talking about rewarding a brave ride here. Yeah, um, and you. Just mentioned before, TL, that you know, we talked about Pike being able to take those guess gutsy, risky maneuvers. And it was similar with Glenn Boss and the Cox Blade and why Bossy wins so many group ones because yep. he's he's prepared to play that high volatility game. You know, if he loses, so be it, but at least he's trying to win. And I think quite often in these big races you see jockeys very sort of apprehensive. You don't want to make mistakes, but I mean, who cares? If you're trying to win, like there's only one winner. Yeah. Exactly right. Go for it. Exactly yeah, right. Hold if you make your, a mistake, hold, hold your nerve, yeah. At least you've tried. Yeah. And that's what you need to do. If, if you want to compete with the Cerise and White yep. and the Juggernaut, you gotta have you gotta take the race up to yep. them. And so I'm hoping that we see a high pressure, uh, high risk, <laughs> yeah. hopefully high reward race. And then that's why I'm leaning towards too close to Sun. I think he's a horse on the way up. And yep. if if this mare, this potential superstar, or well, she's a superstar, Inspo, Inspo is going to get rolled, then I think too close to Sun's the horse to do it. Could Joey like mid race if they start slacking the tempo? Could he take off and really just try and stretch him out? Surely there's no slacking. Oh, trap for fools isn't going to. Yeah, he's not going to take just, a hold, yeah, is he? Queries over him and Galo Chop as they to where they're at. They could be gone Exactly. Time, they, they could be completely gone. And if that mm. pace starts to slack, and I'd love to see Joey take off and go right. I know I'm on the strongest horse here. If Pike's good enough to Cop catch this. me, and I'm five six yeah. lengths going forward yeah. towards a turn. So be very it. much so. And if those two are stopping and going back through the field, yeah. it could mean Pike's line is being held up and Pike ends up in an impossible yep. position. So exciting. It's a really it's a good race to watch. What I've said to a few people like, what should I back this race? I said have whatever you were gonna bet on this race on truly great for the Perth Cup and just yep. watch him run a nice fourth or fifth because truly great for the Perth Cup should be 260 all in and you can still get We've broken the price a little bit. You can still get around 450 around the places. So that's good shot. If you just want to do good you punting, so if you're doing good punting, it's a Gary. That's it's a, a Gary. get on. Yeah, that's a that's a Nathan Lyon. That's a Gary get on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick with if we can get three bucks late, I'm gonna stick with inspirational girl. I'm gonna stick with Pike. I'm gonna back him in. But um and I'll probably save too close to Sun. Not yeah. big on the three year old. I've got inspirational girl marked three ten for what it's worth. So I'll be following you in. Yep. Two seventy. So but it's a good race to view. Just be a 
just be a nice neutral for once. So anyway, Pete, there'll, what? There'll be a bit going on if uh, Watch Me Dance with well, 16, well, 16 women in the syndicate. It's uh, The place is going to be rocking. I'll tell you what. Yeah, the wolf man. Yeah. <laughs> I've got nothing appropriate to say now, so I'm just going just gonna to skip on to the last race of the day. And Pete, do you know what the last race of the day is also known as? The Stone Motherless. <laughs> no, or, or the Nightcap. I didn't know if you'd know the, uh, the segue there. So, BJ, I'm going to have to leave it up to you here. What's the uh, What's the last? Let's get out stakes, Terry. Oh, that. How do we spell that? <laughs> S-T-E-A-K-S. It's the get out. <laughs> it's the extremely popular get out stakes. Oh, pistol. Pete's oh, obviously a regular. Yeah. It's like I'm drinking. Not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a change for you. Something different. Uh, yes, brought to us by Market. City Meats. Yeah, the largest retail butcher shop in Is Perth. It? Yes. Wow. Located at the Cannyvale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt, he runs the show, Swing Past and Say G'day. Timmy and his team will look after you. That is for sure and certain. Congratulations to last week's winner, Brian K, BK. Now, it was a triple dead heat in the oh, GOS last well week. Uh, it was There was a bit happening. Mm. A, one, of the, uh, one of the gentlemen who thought that he had won the jackpot because it was $100 oh. worth, of, worth of group one stake. So Novak Smith bailed me up after the last in the Stone Medalist um, last Saturday. Did he have his tennis racket? <laughs> no, <laughs> he's a multiple, <laughs> multiple get out stakes Did he winner. give you a serve? <laughs> <laughs> So he he thought that he had a he had a one his uh, fifth yeah. get out stakes collect he was telling me well, yeah. and um, mm. unfortunately God bless him Sam White the Sam White rule came into vogue and we had to enforce it and uh, yeah Brian K got his entry in first and denied Novak Smith and uh, Brody Russell their get out stakes victory so congratulations. To Brian, $100 worth of the very best steak in town is headed your way. So to enter this week's Get Out Steaks, remembering it's there's nine races this week, so race nine at Ascot this Saturday. Let us know at the 1-1 pod who you think will win race nine and a decimal winning margin. Remembering, of course, the Sam White rule. Terry, first in, best dressed. Yes, well, um, geez, I, I really like, and I was saying to my mate Jared last night, I always like, especially when it's going to be a big day of the races, I like to have something I'm really quite enthusiastic about in the last, just so no matter how bad the day's gone, you've got hope Still until the very, very end. These markets, this race doesn't do anything for me market-wise. I've marked Dark Mission uh, 3.30 and Angelic Miss 4.50, something like that. They're pretty close to the mark, so I wanted to be on Dark Mission. Price isn't there. Um, really good fresh horse. Jeez, I think one of those two win, but uh, current prices don't enthuse me, guys. You guys got anything more uh, exciting to add? I've got Dark Mission marked a little bit longer. I've got Angelic Miss marked a little bit shorter, but I'm going for a couple at odds because ah, that's, that's what the we way need. that I just do things. It is. And I just will get you know nailed by Pike as always, and I'll just turn around. And by this stage, I would have left Ascot, and I'll be watching the rugby at a Bucks Day, wondering where it all went wrong. <laughs> Uh, wine night for me. Rugby. How appropriate. I wish we had a camera on him then. That was, <laughs> that was tremendous acting. That was that was something else. Acting, yes. Wine night. Wine night. So um, that preludes what's going to be occurring at the Bucks party or you're not much of a wine yeah, person, yeah. are you? I, I, no, I'm, I'm good with the wine. Um, so we even had one together. I just got a case of the Piketty Pinot uh, 18, 2018. Okay. Running out of stock very quickly. Mm, Dan Panel and the gang down there at Pemberton. My goodness <laughs> gracious me, it is outstanding. Piketty 2018. The 2018 vintage from the Great Southern Region was meant to be one of their best on record, just given the climate conditions. Okay. And have a day over 40. 
can highly recommend get your paws on a bottle of the Piketty 2018. Well, apparently they uh, apparently they have quite a few in stock at the Mundaring Hotel as well, actually. So it's probably worthwhile probably. getting to the Mundaring. You just got yourself a little voucher there, so you can probably pop up to the Mundaring Hotel. It's yeah. a proud sponsor of the One One Podcast, and uh, enjoy a frothy Can't wait. Uh, while you have a flutter. I'll tee up a Sunday, I reckon. Maybe not this Sunday. Maybe. Let us know which one, so I'm not there. Two, two weeks. Anyway, Pete, get back on. Sorry, Come um, on, buddy. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? It, look, it clearly wasn't suited first up, ended up in the wrong spot. It is typically a horse that has the ability to roll forward. And I just don't think there's a whole heap of speed in this race. I couldn't actually find a genuine leader, but I think horses like Vital Blast, Agent J, they're all drawn wide. I think they'll try and roll forward, but I just can imagine a situation where there's not many horses wanting to take it up. And if Nux just, you know, gives it a little bit of and goes forward from the uh, wider gate, I think he can stroll forward, put himself in the breeze, or maybe even lead this. I reckon it'll give a huge amount of cheek, and I thought the trial going into it was pretty decent. So for me, Wine Knight and Ocean's 15 is the other horse mm. that looks like it's going to land in the perfect spot for Bradley P. And uh, its figures are better than they suggest given the last couple of starts. I think this horse has its fair share of ability. And again, just I want to be with those tough on speed horses. Mm -hmm. Dark Mission, no idea where it gets to. Yeah, it's sticky. Do you think yeah. you can turn the throttle on one night and find the top, do you? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Hashtag lag, vital blast, wine night, Agent J are the four speed horses, potential speed horses, and they're 11, 13, 15, and 16. So Love it. Does Cocky jo Joy attack? I think so. What yeah. I think happens is I think Cocky Joy attacks underneath those yeah. four and comes across. Comes Look him. I mean, realistically, and I've probably gone away from this a bit recently, it's probably been to my detriment, is I, I price a race and I bet around, obviously bet those prices. I've got Cocky Joy a clear third favourite with the map I had at 11 bucks. So realistically, that's probably my bet here. Um, probably on an each way basis at around that $20 mark. But um, yeah, I, I I do think that Dark Mission and Angelic Missy What's, what's the bet ones. price for Dark Mission? It's probably not going to get to it for me, to be honest. Mm. Three... Depends, yeah, 350, 360 yeah, type thing. What, what price have you got, Angelic Miss? Uh, I think I was $5. Yeah, so it's, it's one of those races. What price have you got, Cocky Joy? Let's go through the whole field with you, hey? Cocky Joy, $11. Yeah, so, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Like, the way we – and I, I get frustrated with people who will go, oh, this is my tip for the race. So, like, I've got a tip Dark Mission, but it's it's 250 and you've we've got it 350 And I, I want to tip Dark Mission. That's yeah. also I probably want to tip, but I, I can't. I, I've got to tip Cocky Joy. Like I have to. It's it's twenty. Like current prices, it might change on Betfair late, yeah. and we might get the four bucks dark mission. Bang, party time. There we go. And that's what I struggle with the tipping aspect to some degree because at the at the moment it has to be cocky joy. That has to be my bet, and it's the same for you, Bejo. With the we got eleven bucks, it's twenty. Yeah, but you don't feel good about it, do you? Yeah, not not particularly. I mean, it's <laughs> not really one of my horses, but um, I I understand what. What you're, what you're saying there, Terry. And also, of course, everything, everything, I think we're sitting here last week, I think, um, Celebrity Miss, or Celebrity Queen rather, and, um, Elite Street were second, third, yeah. fourth favourites in the Max winter bottom, weren't they? Right? And then all of a sudden they're, all of them, Stage Man was in the market, all of a sudden they're 20, 30, $40. So the, everything just, it's, it's, um, everything just evolves, um, over heading towards start time. And, um, yeah, it's it's a funny old race too because you've got you know long price horses like hashtag lad who's going to come crashing across from from eleven and it's probably going to be stopping and it's going to be a uh, there's, there's a couple of other Terry Layton roadblocks in the race as well mm. um, and uh, and yeah and that that that's going to mean that uh, that Pike's going to have to keep this fave out of strife and um, and uh, in space her they don't they don't win trials better than that that was was it too good. 
that's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not sure that's a thing, but uh, yeah. I, I, but I, he, I, he, 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 he yeah. was almost, yeah. he was almost, um, he was though. trying to hold it, he like could, going into the turn, wasn't he? He was just like, and he almost had to knock him down to, yeah. to get out. It was it was very unpike like. Yeah. But she was just traveling so strong. Yeah, you both said you don't know where she gets in the run. This, what I find very interesting here is, as we sort of mentioned, all the speed's drawn out wide. Yeah. So if he jags, he doesn't have those five or six behind, which will also jag. They're all going forward. So yeah. he could end up sort of 15th or 16th, I think. Yeah, so which is, which is You'd why. You want some aggression to a degree, I think, from which the Which is day. why I reckon he might be, they might be the 350 available mm -hmm. um, Betfair late. Yep. I do think they'll compound out in front, though. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if the speeds. Uh, if if Pete gets his map and one, not finds it nice and easy out the top, he goes uh, nice fresh horse. So I can definitely see that. But um, yeah, I think there's a chance they could compound um, to some degree. But yeah, prices aren't there for me at the moment, guys. Yeah, in the leg up, a tip: Dark Mission to beat Angelic Miss. Uh, price wise, I think that uh, us. Ocean's 15 and Beat the Bro are my next best. I think Beat the Bro was a bit stiff first up at Bunbury. Don't mind him as a horse. Probably going to get a, a suitable sort of run just Set part back. of him. Huh? Setback. Setback? Yeah, swelling. It was scratched a week and a half ago. Swelling. Oh, I must have missed yeah. that. Yeah. That's why I think it's back in trip as well. That was the one I wanted to find too. Right, so, right. Um, just, a, just, just a watch. And a horse I got a bit of time for. I think, Terry, you found this horse a couple of times mm -hmm. as well. Might be getting back and running on David Harrison first Baby up. Blues. Baby Blue. So mm -hmm. I reckon yeah. it might be a big price late. Might have a little nibble. Giant killer, that horse. Mm. Go back through its form, just bobs up. And remember Adelaide Ace was a $1.20 yeah. or something in Northern or yeah, I, Jarrah. Yeah. I had the $2.40, $2.50 because Adelaide yeah. Ace beat Windstorm from memory in yep. a trial. I run, we watched Windstorm do what he did. So I went down and absolutely loaded Adelaide Ace. Thought, oh, beauty, so you're going to trade $1.40, $1.50 there. The fair. And the rest is history. I also remember the run Baby Blues where it chased down time to sizzle yep. one yeah. of the more memorable yep. aesthetically that was because Thomas Sizzle was stopping too <laughs> um but geez that's that's hard to forget the 26 bucks that's above Chris, quote too, Chris so. Graham's one on baby baby blues that day at Ascot yes yeah well, wrote, so. wrote a treat that yeah. day he sure did so yeah uh it is a bit of a awkward way to finish the day bet on, fair uh, for me bet fair okay mm -hmm. and um yeah so opinions will be divided but that brings our Kingston Town Classic Day, our preview to an end. It's time to move on to our Betfair Best and our Maddies. Yeah, let's do it. Um, geez, another marathon. And just, just for the people that have said it is a bit lengthy, we are uh, post-carnival. We'll, uh, we'll work on maybe uh, shortening it to some degree a little bit. It's uh, just so much to talk about. And Pete won't shut up, so it makes it um, – Might need to do a uh, double episode, it. Tuesdays and Thursdays. We, we might do. There yeah. has been discussions, yeah. hasn't there? Yeah. So, yeah, anyway. Uh, more, more content and more Pete as well. More Pete. Pete. We've only gone until <laughs> mid-January, so we're just going to um, – yeah, just, just keep in mind. Just squeeze, um, squeeze every last yeah. drop out of it. <laughs> best bet, Peter. Oh, I think the best bet – I'll dodge around Western Empire just given I can't predict the late market. I do think it's the best winning chance on the card. But for me, Serenity Bay in race five is Serenity my best now. play. <laughs> Serenity now. Serenity now. Uh, BJ. Uh, Peach just really throwing the gauntlet down to me because my bet fair best of the day is Tycoon Storm in the same race. Ah, I like that. Well, I hope that you've got the wood over Pete there. Uh, I'm going to be boring, unfortunately. I usually go a bit. I, I just think Western Empire is an in-and-out job. Yeah. While we're getting over even money, I'm going to um, I'm going to just happily say that my last few. I've got a bit ambitious with the last few bests. Oh, we had inspiration girl a few weeks ago, but uh, it's just nice to. I need to get a bit of bat on ball with my best. 
So I'm going to go with Western Empire. I think I've had Tolman as my best bet the last two times it's run and been able to tell it's <laughs> a new one. Christ, yeah. I'm just lynching my trumpet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> used to play the trumpet. Many, Did many you? Years. Yeah, yeah. And the recorder? This no, one, no, this no. one time? Trumpet, uh, clarinet, played a little bit of guitar, and yeah. fair amount of uh, vocal work as well. Yeah. Uh, bit of piano. Really good stuff, Pete. I reckon the listeners yeah. will be really excited. He's a man of many talents, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> just seen Krupa's car roll off the front, so let's get a wriggle on here, lads. Uh, Maddie. Uh, Bella's Idol and slash your wine night. BJ? My Maddie. Oh, I'm going head to head with Pete again. <laughs> this is this is incredible. Uh, race nine, the get out stakes. Number two, Baby Blues is my Blues. Maddie. Of the yeah, day. don't mind that. Yeah, I don't mind it at all. Uh, I was going to say Hook Bar Ted, but I've just seen Cocky Joys at 20 to 1. That'll be the two. Hook Bar Ted. I'm actually going to probably back the two of them. Hook Bar Ted. And uh, Cocky Joy. <laughs> Thank you.